Praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today, Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. We're in the letter to the Galatian churches, and we've been there for a few weeks now. Today is uh, session six. It's the 15th of December, 2017. We're nearing the end of the year. And uh, as always, we're excited to be here sharing God's Word with you. I'd, I would hope that you'd get your Bible, follow along with us, uh, hear the Word of the Lord today, allow God to deal with you. And uh, I know that He will if you will let Him. He will He will change your life. And we have just been through the entire, uh, almost the whole year we went through uh, the letter to the Ephesian church, and now we've started this letter. And I tell you, this this letter to the Galatian churches is really uh, vital and very uh, prevalent for where we are as a church today. I'm not talking about Crossway Church. I'm talking about all the church. This letter is is very important that we read this, that we understand this, and that we allow God to deal with us where we are when when we read this letter, when we hear this this word preached in truth, not just read through like it's some historical story, but God knew that the church and the world today would be in this predicament. And this letter wasn't just for the churches in Galatia. This letter is for the church that happens to end up in the predicament these churches were in. So it's for me. I've experienced this. And if I'm not careful, uh, I'll experience it again if I don't guard my heart and, and keep the faith. Make sure that I'm in the faith. And, and what that means is that I maintain my faith in the cross alone and not allow myself to be pulled out into a uh, anything other than that, just staying determined to know nothing else. So uh, I'm excited about that. Every Friday morning we're here. Tell your friends, your co-workers, your, your relatives, and, and share these messages on Facebook. Uh, your, your, your folks need to hear the truth. They need to know what God's Word means, not just what it says. Most folk don't even know what it says. But those that know what it says, very few of those know what it means. And uh, you need to start allowing God to lead you, and if you do, then He will bless you and give you the victory that comes through your faith in the cross. Amen? Let's pray this morning and ask the Lord to bless us with a revelation of Jesus Christ, or might we say a greater illumination of who He is and what He's done for us. Father, we thank You today for allowing us to be here, to be in Your Word, to Lord, just to have Your Word, to know that we can stand assured on Your Word and, and know that we have a more sure word of prophecy than any experience, anything else we would ever hear or see. And today, Lord, we just ask that you would teach us, that you would give us daily bread, a greater revelation of who our daily bread is, Jesus Christ, and the avenue by which we partake of him through faith in his atoning work on the cross. Lord, bless us today with what we need, and we thank you for it. In his name we pray, amen. Praise God. Well, let me just back up to verse 6 and read up to where we are. Got some things I want to share with you today. Verse 6 says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. I'm not going back to teach that again. If you want to hear it, you need to go to our website, The Crossway Church. It's right there. Our physical address is right there, by the way, for those of you who uh, are led of the Lord to support us. But you need to go and avail yourself to what's already been taught, because obviously in verse 6, the Bible teaches that I, as a child of God, born again on my way to heaven, can remove myself from fellowship with the Lord. And and it's a very, it's a very troubling thing to read, and it, uh, the honest person would look at this and say, okay, have I done this? Deception, we don't know we've done this. I'm telling you what, some 15 years ago, you could have approached me and told me that I was deceived, I was following a man and not the Lord, I wasn't preaching the truth and not a laugh at you, and just walked away thinking, well, they don't know what I know. And that's what happens. And, and, and we just think we know and we don't like being corrected, but if the honest man is the one who's going to look at the Scriptures and say, okay, am I, is this happening to me? 
Because you can't go by feelings, you can't go by emotions, you can't go by experiences. Anybody can cry, anybody can lift hands, anybody can go to church, anybody can read the Bible. But are we in the faith? What does that mean? Is my faith still in the cross alone? Amen. So, and I know what it's like, I speak from experience, but today I know the truth. So, if you want to hear more on verse 6, go back to last week, verse 7, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is what defeated the devil. Our faith in the gospel is the only object of faith, Christ and what did it Calvary, that allows us to have a shield of faith to resist the, every fiery dart of the devil and the promise of him fleeing. So we need to keep our faith in the cross. And what's happened here is because the devil knows the gospel, the good news of Jesus, his death on the cross defeated him. He, he He's already a defeated foe. Now all he can do is try to pervert that gospel. Because if if he's allowed to pervert the gospel to lead us back under law, trusting in all these programs that men bring forth. And let me add something this morning. God don't need the help of a program. So the excuses are, well, that program helps me get to the cross. No, there's only one thing God's given you to get you to the cross, and that's conviction of your sin and the measure of faith if you believed it was for you. You don't need a program. You don't need an event, you don't need anything but the gospel message. It's the blood of Christ that draw that drew you near to God. Ephesians 2.13, hallelujah. We don't need all these programs, we just need the gospel. God's Word is sufficient that brings about His sufficient grace that gives us what we need to run this race every day. So we don't need these programs. They don't help. That's the problem of Israel when they built a golden calf. It didn't help them. It got them killed. And there's some that will hang on to that golden calf unto death. But God is calling those as He did that day when Moses came down the mountain. Who's on the Lord's side? Well, some folks came out. Praise God, there's some folks coming out today. Maybe that's why you're watching the broadcast, because God is trying to get you out of that mess, that that law, that legalistic uh, mindset that the enemy's been able to come in and pervert the gospel through men and women that we love, through that we've honored and cherished, but they've been wrong. And we can't go by who we've honored, who we've cherished. We've got to go with the Word of God. No matter who gets their feelings hurt, we've got to go that way. Amen. So, Paul preached a gospel that was salvation by grace through faith alone. All the doing was already done. All the doing that needed to be done was already done by Jesus Christ. We didn't need to add to that. The Bible says in Hebrews 1.3, when He had by Himself purged us from our sins. We can't play a part in that. The false teachers preached a gospel that was salvation by works. You have to work your way into heaven. That's still all over the planet today. Even in Christian churches, true born-again preachers, born-again congregations, though they are saved on their way to heaven, they've allowed the doing to come in, works to come, and works are a part of the church. We are to be found doing the works that are located in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 2 and 10. But we've replaced being led of the Spirit through faith in the cross with works. Amen. And that won't work. God won't work in our works. and Our faith has to be in Christ in His finished work. And then the Holy Spirit is able to lead us and to do what He desires to be done through us. Amen. Paul slams the door on any compromise at the onset of his letter to the true converts. That even though the corruptors of his gospel used God's word, they used it in error. You just got to, you have to imagine what was going on back in this day. There were people who were uh, believing Paul's message, the message of the cross, and the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they were being born again. And then the Judaizers, the, the legalists of that day, just they couldn't let go of the law. They could, they wouldn't. 
They wouldn't let go of the law. Christ had showed up and fulfilled so much Scripture in their face. It's not like it, well, I don't know. No, it was right there, even to the point of raising up the dead, giving men legs that didn't have legs, opening blinded eyes, feeding thousands from nothing but a handful of fish and bread. I'm talking about being born of a virgin, but the law, the legalist of that day, had an excuse for everything. Oh, he wasn't born of a virgin. His mother's a whore. Oh, listen, he's not doing the works of God. He He's doing the works of Beelzebub. I mean, they made an excuse even though they had the Word. And again, I come back to what I said earlier today. You've got to stick with the Word of God. You can't go with what mom and dad say. They may be wrong. They love you, yes, but they may be wrong. And the devil may be using them to to keep you from what will save you or, or to remove you from fellowship from the Lord. Because God don't just go ahead and do things anyway. We get in His one and only way, or we are without Him. Jesus said, "You listen, you can't do anything without Me. That means you can't just keep going your own way and expect Me to bless it, to work through your stuff. You know, the Holy Spirit was sent to do God's will, not our will. The Holy Spirit will never, ever, ever do your will. The Holy Spirit has never, ever done the will of man. We'll never do the will of man. The Holy Spirit, who is God, only does His will, God's will. And if we get out of that will, that prescribed order for salvation, for fellowship, then we're just out. didn't say you're automatically lost, but you're outside of God's help. And that's really what this letter gets to in its deepest portion. You've removed yourself from Him, the one that called you unto this grace. And grace is where God is working in your life. Mm. The same old lie. Well, when the Bible here says trouble you, and would per- which is not another gospel, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ, trouble you means to stir or agitate by attempting to make the Galatians believe they really didn't have salvation through Paul's gospel. This Paul is an imposter. We, he's not real. Uh, you know, and from, I mean, from his calling to his message to everything, your fools believe in him. And, 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 and it says they want to pervert the gospel. He says they're trying to pervert the gospel. And to pervert means to transmute. To change from one form to another. To turn. And I, I picked up this book off my shelf this just this morning in my office. And I want to read this to you. Uh, something that was up, just to give us a, a mindset of, uh, of something, things that were going on back in that day. And it'll make you sound, uh, it'll make you think, yeah, this is exactly probably what was happening. It's what's happening today. So listen to this. Uh, Let me see if I can start here. Uh, In his attempt to communicate the message of the New Testament to the youth of modern times, the author decided to introduce Galatians by imagining the kinds of graffiti that would have been written on city walls by the various parties and factions in Galatia. This is very humoring. It's probably true. I quote here from some of his imagined but highly penetrating graffiti. One reads, The only good Gentile is a circumcised one. Next to this comment is a Christian's comment. Abraham was a Gentile. But this was supplemented by a Judaizer with, yeah, but he was circumcised. This is graffiti now. Just imagine this on the wall. They're fighting back and forth, you know, scratching this out and putting their thoughts up there. Some Paulinists came along and commented on the whole debate. So what? At another place on the wall, it reads, Long live the law, which is crossed out by some Christian who wrote, Long live life, to which someone depressed added, Life stinks. (laughs) Under this, some Christian wrote, The law stinks. And some Judaizer came along and crossed out that and wrote, Gentile stink. On another part of the wall, it reads, Jews are just a cut above the rest. Obviously written by a circumcised Jew. A Christian wrote, Grace isn't cheap, but it's free. 
but someone else crossed this out, perhaps a Judaizer, and wrote, nothing is free. Someone wrote a poem about Paul. There was a young man named Saul who changed his first name to Paul. It didn't make him an apostle or anything colossal, just a fellow with an awful lot of gall. Next to this graffito was a string of sayings about freedom, free me, free beer, crossed out with nothing is free, written in its place. But you get the point. I'm not going to read the whole thing. You get the point. There's just, you can just imagine, it's just one controversy. They're preaching this, they're preaching that. And my friends, it's still today. It's still there today. You got gatherings over here in every city and every small town or big city in America. There's denomina- entire denominations that teach law, which is you doing something to get saved. Whether it's water baptism or, or speaking in tongues, all those things are something you do. And you can't be saved by what you do. You can be saved by what you believe alone. The Bible says that the righteousness of God that is offered to us is by faith of Jesus Christ. Romans 3 and 22. It's by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all that believe. Period. Believe. Period. Not do, believe. It's already been done. But it's an age-old thing. The devil still telling his lie, did God really say? That's what the Judaizers came behind Paul and really had the spirit, the messenger of Satan. Did God really tell y'all this? Did God really tell y'all that y'all could just move on and the law can't save you? Did God tell you this or did this guy named Saul, this Paul, come along and just tell you? You know, he's not called. He didn't walk with Christ. He, he didn't walk with the disciples. He wasn't there. And now he's come up and he, he's reduced the message down to something and eliminated the important stuff and just so he could get y'all to follow him. I'm telling you, that's what was happening and that's what's happening today. Right. Nothing's changed since the devil showed up in the garden. He's still everywhere to deceive, and he does most of his deceiving, not on the street and getting people on heroin, but in the pulpit. The greatest deception is to think you're in the light, but really be in the darkness. Mm. These false teachers are the voice of the strange woman in the book of Proverbs. While the young man in the book of Proverbs, dealing with the strange woman, tempted by the young woman, is the new convert, specifically here, as babes in Christ in Galatia. Proverbs 7, verse 4 says, Say unto wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flatters with her words. Can I tell you today, my friends, that flattery is behind every message but the gospel, the message of the cross. Pride is behind every message. At the root of every message, even God's Word being used that's not pointing you to Calvary is a message of pride from from the most deceitful heart, deceived heart that's so deceived it doesn't even know it. It refuses to preach God's Word in the context of Calvary. And listen, it doesn't matter how nice and hospitable and sweet and, and a Ph.D. and a this and that they have. If they don't use God's Word in truth to offer, then righteousness cannot be seen, and those who are hearing it cannot be saved, cannot obtain like precious faith, and cannot be led of the Spirit who only leads in the path of righteousness, which comes by hearing the truth of God's Word. Somebody said, Amen. I love the new broadcast I'm recording. Uh, they should start, I think, January the 2nd or the 9th, uh, concerning the power and the beauty of God's righteousness. I'm telling you what, that's going to be a tremendous blessing. I'm having a hard time not preaching it when I get in the pulpit, but I'm telling you, it is fabulous. It is very informative. The Holy Spirit is revealing so much in these day, last days, and I'm excited about that. All false doctrine is prideful and flattering. See, the law is about what we have to do. You have to be water baptized to be saved. Oh, that sounds good. I can, that's, well, I can, I can do this. I can do this. No, you can't do this. 
If you could do this, Jesus didn't have a need to come. You see, it's not Jesus and what I do. The And what I do is flattering and prideful and really tells, tells God, whether we like it, admit it or not, tells God the cross wasn't enough. Mm. Did you get that? Anything I try to add to Christ and what He did for me at the cross, I'm telling God whether I, well, I like it, whether I know it, whether I will admit it, I'm telling God the cross was not enough. Pride, that's flattery. And the Judaizers are the strange woman you read about in the book of Proverbs that finds the, the young man and, and he don't have the wisdom and the understanding he needs yet. And, and he's a babe in Christ. And that's why it's important that people get saved and get in the right church preaching the same message that saved them, praise God. Hallelujah. You don't need what men call the deep things of God. The deep things of God are in the darkness away from God. In the, according to what they're teaching, the deep things, actually the deep things of God are walking in His love and in His truth. Amen. Amen. So, think about this. When the devil showed up in Eve, in her life in the Garden of Eden... He flattered her. God's just keeping something from you. You're not going to die. I know He told you that, but you're not going to die. You're going to be like Him. He flattered her. She was already looking at the tree. And then she began to see the tree in a flattering way. But God, listen, if God's pointed to anything and told you this, by this avenue alone will you be saved, everything else just brings flattery to us. Pride, it's the root of it. No, it doesn't take humility to be baptized in water. Because there's no humility except at the cross. Now, it might take a humble man to go ahead and obey God and be baptized in the water after he's born again, but to be baptized in water thinking that's saving me, or doing anything thinking that's saving me, that's not humility, my friend. That's pride. Pride is, I can do this. Humility is, God did this in Christ, and I'm accepting that. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I know that. Flattering words will always be words that will move one's faith from Christ and His accomplished work at the cross to their own work as our own works flatter us while they're killing us. Think about that. While our own works are flattering us, even though we're deceived and we think we're pleasing God, and I speak from experience, they're killing us. We're dying. We're perishing. Amen. Verse 8, we roll through here and he says, But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Now, accursed means accused. You look it up when you get home. Accused, banned, and excommunicated. See, we've got a problem in the church today. It's a big problem. First of all, the message of the cross is not being preached. God's Word is being distorted. It's not being preached in that context. Number two, uh, when folks show up to bring the message of the cross, people don't like it. They say, well, what we're doing is working. No, what you're doing is not working if your faith is not in the cross. That's a flattering thing and a prideful thing to think what we're doing is working. But if it's not through faith and the cross alone, it's not working because Jesus ain't doing it. Amen. Mm. Even though we, and we're going to talk about this this morning. Even though we, if we, if I show back up, Paul saying, if I come back, if I send another letter, make no mistake about it. If I start preaching something different, you better run for me. You better let me be accursed. I have bumped my head. I've been deceived. That's why preachers need to get up and tell the congregation today. We preach Christ and Him crucified. We preach the Word of God in truth, which always pertains to the truth. Christ and Him crucified. And if I stop, you better go find somebody else that's still determined to do what God told them to do. 
Amen. Don't follow me when I get off track. I love you. I wish we could be friends. But listen, if I get off track, don't go. Come to me. Love me enough to say, Preacher, you're headed down the wrong direction. Don't just let me keep going for six months and think, Well, maybe he'll get back on track. No, that's not what God's Word says. God's Word says right here to let them be accursed. That means accuse them. Don't be ugly to them. You gotta, that's what we mean by come and help it. Acute. You're preaching wrong stuff now. You're preaching the power's in this, the power's in that. You're letting people in your pulpit that's not preaching the cross. And, and we really don't want to hear any excuses as to why you're letting them there. That's you doing something. God says don't let them there. When we start piddling and messing, trying to play the role of, of, of something behind the scenes as to why we say people need to be in our pulpit that don't know the message of the cross, that ain't the Holy Ghost, and there's trouble looming there, my friend. Well, I'm, I'm doing it for this reason and that reason. That ain't God's reason, because God says, uh, avoid those people. We love them, but avoid them. That surely means do not put them here. Mm. The, even if an angel from, heavens, and I, and I, from heaven, and I think I said last week, if Joseph Smith, the cult leader of the false religion, the cult, the Mormons, uh, if, if he would have obeyed the word, he would have refuted the angel he claimed showed up in his life. It was just a devil, just the devil, fallen angel, whatever. It was a it was a false message he received. A whole entire religion that's sending every person that dies in that religion to hell. Every single one of them. Nice mother, nice daddy. They're well mannered people. They take care of their kids. They work hard. They they seem to have great morals. But if they die in that religion, they go to hell. All because one man, think about this, one man heard from the devil flattering words, prideful words, words that were, words that were pointing him away from the one true avenue of, of salvation and deliverance and being led of the Spirit to another way that's not of God. And one man, can you imagine that? I want to tell you something this morning. I'm going to ask you a question. What if all Christians were like you? Are you helping people be pointed to the Lord by your words and by the way you live according to the truth in God's Word? Or are we just hoping God will get a hold of them someday? I, no, He wants to use you. And one man can change millions of lives. One man can be beneficial for ushering millions into the kingdom. Or one man can be instrumental in shutting and blocking the door to the kingdom to millions or even billions of people. If I come back preaching another message, Paul said, if an angel comes from heaven and tries to, to preach any other gospel unto you than which we have preached. Listen, you know what? God told Paul to say this, so you know what the Holy Spirit's saying to us today? Paul had received everything we need in this day. You ain't adding to nothing. And I'm learning right now that there is not a new revelation. Paul and the apostles, the other apostles and the prophets, they received the prophetic revelation of God in the context of Jesus because Jesus said the Scriptures are about Him. All you and I receive today is an illumination of what was already given to them. And you got to think about the Apostle Paul. He was given things that no man had ever been given. Paul, you ever thought about this? Paul was given by the Holy Spirit the message of the cross, the way to live in victory. To keep us from just maintaining and surviving and existing, you and I can live in the victory Christ afforded us at the cross. He also gave Paul uh, the information, the knowledge of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, how they should be used, the order in the church, uh, how, how deacons and, and elders and all these things. God gave all that to Paul. Think about that. Just about everything you read in the New Testament about the church and church order, God gave that to Paul. 
That's powerful. And during this day, God says through Paul, I've already given you everything you need to have to be saved, to live in victory, to, to see the devil resisted. I've already given you everything you need to see these Judaizers uh, banned, accuse them of being accursed of God. So there's nothing you and I can add to what Paul preached. What we need to do is dig in and just try to learn what God gave Paul. And I promise you, friend, you don't know it all. Nobody knows it all. Man, this is good stuff. Think about that. In the day the Holy Spirit through Paul wrote this. And if you're a Christian, you have to believe what I just said. The Holy Spirit gave this to Paul. There's a church down the road in Texarkana, I was told, that they, a whole assembling together a people, call themselves a church, ripped Romans out of the Bible and said, Paul really didn't have the revelation that we have today. Let me tell you something, that's not what the Bible says. And a liar has showed up to flatter them, to puff them up in their own false, lying, deceptive knowledge. They've been deceitfully deceived. Because God told Paul right here, You've already got it all. This can't be added to. This can't be added to. You can study the Scriptures and be illuminated about what Christ has done for you and learn more and more about what God gave Paul. But you better hear me today. God's not going to give anybody more than what's already written in the Scriptures. Because everything He does for us comes through the Gospel, which is the message of Christ and Him crucified. The world will be judged based on that. Amen. Amen. Somebody needed to hear that this morning. But we, though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you. Let them be accursed. Accuse them. Ban them. Excommunicate them. Don't care how nice they are. Don't care all this stuff. And let me make a comment here. There's a difference between somebody in this truth and growing in this truth. And we're patient with them like others are patient with us. But folks who just don't know it are those who just won't preach it. Then we are to avoid them. We're to excommunicate with them. Doesn't mean we don't speak to them in Wally world. Doesn't mean we don't say, hi, how you doing? Doesn't mean we don't shake their hand. But we don't fellowship with people who just refuse to preach the Word of God in the context of truth, which is Christ and Him crucified. We don't do it. That's why churches are popping up all over the world, little storefront churches, because God is telling not just people to come out from among the heroin addicts and the drunks, He's telling His people, that remnant, to come out from the golden calf builders. They've built their programs. They've built their golden calves. I'm calling you out back to a place of faith and grace. Faith and grace. You're not following men, you're following me, the Lord says. Mm. The Holy Spirit through Paul, let me make sure I don't miss anything, is telling, really, hear me now, is telling, commanding. God's Word is not an option. Well, I see this, and I'm hearing what you're saying, preacher, but, you know, that ain't what we really, you know, we over here, no, I'm sorry about we over there, that's flattering, that's prideful. As I said when I first started today, I have to just believe the Word. I have to examine myself. See, am I following the Word or am I in the, well, that sounds good, preacher, but am I in the we over here? Because they are without, they have removed themselves from Christ, the fellowship. Well, oh, bless God, He promised He'd never leave me, He'd never forsake me. No, He won't. And He's still right outside that door that you shut in His face, and He's knocking. Book of Revelation. We shut the door in His face when we refuse to focus on the cross alone. We shut it in His face. You can go ahead and play imaginative games if you will, but that's all it is. You're without the help of the Lord. 
The Holy Spirit through Paul is telling, commanding, warning the church that when others come and preach anything other than the gospel which he had already preached, that we should accuse them of it, not mean, not ugly, ban them from fellowship and excommunicate ourselves from them because they are accursed. What's that mean? They they have something they pretend, they think it's real. God says it's not. They're outside looking in. Jesus is not in fellowship with them. He wants to be in fellowship with them. And they have an appearance like God is in their midst. But He is not there. Faith in the cross alone places us in the kingdom of God and it gives us salvation and now allows the Holy Spirit to lead us in the path of what saved us, the righteousness of God, Christ Jesus, and what He did at Calvary. Why don't we do this today? Why don't we accuse? Why don't we ban? Why don't we excommunicate those that we know aren't preaching the gospel? I'm not talking about those who are just starting to get it. I'm talking about they don't preach the gospel. It's obvious. God's Word, let me make this statement, God's Word is truth. But is it being held as truth? Offered as truth? Because when it is, that means it's the light of God's righteousness is being presented. Proverbs twelve seventeen: He that speaks truth shows forth the righteousness of God. Did you get that? And God's righteousness when seen only as His Word in truth is presented, which means it's pertaining to the living Word, Christ, who is the truth, and what He did on the cross to become our applicable truth, then and only then can the picture of righteousness be seen that can save the lost and continue to lead us in that path of righteousness. Hard to get away from that word righteousness now. Because there is too great a false unity that's not of God. We today in the church believe certain things and just expect and demand God to bless it anyway. God can't bless where you're allowing false ministers to speak into your life. And I'm talking about people who are preaching and teaching you the Word of God. If they're not pointing you to Christ and what He did at Calvary for your salvation initially, for your daily provision, for your daily everything you need from the Lord, they are deceitfully deceiving you. Galatians bears that out. And when we see this happening, and yet we say, and it's been told me many, many times over the last many years, I know my preacher's not preaching right, but he does preach God's Word. I know my preacher's not preaching the message of the cross uh, uh, like y'all are, but he is using the Bible. I'm telling you, those are flattering words. Why don't we accuse? Why don't we say, preacher, why... Why did you say that, this here? I thought this was pertaining to Christ. I, you know, why, why don't we confront? Why don't we accuse? And really accuse means to really to ask questions. Why are you saying this means this when I thought it was about Jesus? You know, to accuse. And then if they, if they refuse to point to Christ in His finished work, then not only do we accuse, do we question, but we also ban ourselves. But you know what they'll say? Well, this is my mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, great-great-grandmother's church, and what would they think if I left? What would they think if I left? What does God think because you won't? What does God think because you won't? And that's what I mean by we just are deceived to think God's just going to keep, He's, he's going to keep doing anyway. Sorry. Sorry. That I have to be the one. I know a lot of people don't like me, but that's okay. You know what? When I stand before the Lord one day, it's not going to be about who liked me and who didn't. It's going to be about did I present God's Word in the context it was given to us. I don't know everything, and I'm not perfect in my knowledge, but I do know this. If Jesus said the Scriptures are about Him, and Jesus is my truth, that He said, when I know the truth, when I know Him, I will be liberated from sin, then I must ask myself, honestly, what about Him liberated me from sin? It's what He did at Calvary alone. And once I'm in the kingdom, it's listen, it's through that avenue of His righteousness that I've been made the righteousness of God in Him. 
And it's only through that avenue that He continues to lead me. And if I don't keep my faith exclusively there, He can't lead me. And if He can't lead me, He can't continue to work in me and through me. I don't want to be in that place. And He won't just go for my excuses. Well, you know, and I know how preachers come along and say, Well, you don't have it all right, but He's still merciful. He's only merciful through the blood. He's only gracious through the blood. And the reason we don't like being confronted, the reason people will turn these things off, is because they're too flattered in what they're doing. They're too prideful to repent and become humble again under the mighty hand of God. I know I did. I heard the message of the cross. I turned it off. Don't need to listen to that. I'm beyond that. I mean, in our church, man, one of these days, all these churches around here, and this is what we thought, and a lot of churches still do. One of these days, all these churches, God's going to prove they're wrong, and they're going to just be piled up down the highway that we ain't even going to be able to get them all in our building. Flattery. Pride. We got, boy, God's given us something special. Every church in America thinks God's given us something that every other church needs in the world. If they could ever just get this, they'd be lined up. Man, there ain't enough toilet paper in, in, in Cass County to take care of all the people that'd be piling up to get in our building. You hear me? Prideful flattery. There's only one message that you can stand on to know you're right with God. Paul said, I've already preached it to you. If they come and try to pull you away from what I've already preached some 1,900 years ago, close to 2,000 years ago, God says, I've already given you the gospel. And listen, if if, if somebody, uh, anybody appears to you to preach any other thing than that, let them be what they obviously are. They're a curse. They're walking in a, a cursed place. What's that? A place where God refuses to work. He does not work under law. The Bible says Christ came, born of a woman under law, to redeem us that were under the law. The only thing He'll do for you under the law is keep calling you back to grace, which is through faith in the cross. Hmm. Why don't we do this today? Because there's too great a false unity that's not of God. Any negative comments made toward anyone... We're just accused of being troublemakers. God's people who are walking with God have always been accused of being troublemakers. Down to Jesus showing up, just a troublemaker, trying to turn over everything, turning upside down, claiming all this. Look at Elijah. God didn't let it rain three and a half years. And Ahab comes and says, you are the one that's troubling Israel. And Elijah said, no, you're the one causing all this. You're the troubler of Israel. What the law, people under the law are accusing us of, they're guilty their own self. The condemned only try to preach condemnation. Preached a message a few years ago called something about uh, chunking the rocks or or. or Throwing rocks. The only people who throw rocks of condemnation are the people who are living in condemnation. Most all the church is against correction today. That's pride. Pride. Man, a, man, a man used to try to come to me and every morning he tried to use the Scriptures to point me to the truth, which was Christ Him crucified. And I'd st- stand there and I'd go, Well, uh... I couldn't refute what was written, and I loved the Word, but I I was so brainwashed in our avenues of flattery and pride, which is any other avenue for God's Word to flow down, than the blood that gives it the flow it has. Did you hear that? That's why Christians are having trouble coming back to the cross because they're all tied up in their works which are flattering and and prideful and they even think they're humility. They're humble, but they're not. We're not humble to any degree unless our faith is in the cross alone. It takes that for God to give us grace, which is God going to work in our lives again. And the church in Galatia, the churches in Galatia, had removed themselves from Him who is the one who is grace at work in our lives. Praise God, I'm glad I know this today. And when I rejected it, when I turned that radio off, when I would stand and listen to that man who was trying to help me, give me the the word 
maturity and truth pointing me back to Christ and the only grounds and avenue by which He works in your life, I would just, I would just say, uh, well, you know, because what I was thinking, well, it sounds good, it sounds right, but am I willing to humble myself and accept that? And I wasn't for a quite a while. God had to allow me to go through things such as losing my land, my house, my vehicle. God loves you so much, He'll take everything you got if that's what will get you back. If that's what it'll take, and I pray you take everything you got. If that's what it'll take to get you back to faith and grace. Because through that, those faith and grace is more important and more, uh, more valuable than all the riches of the world we could ever accumulate. Yes. And that's the way God sees it, do you? Listen, you need to come out from among them. Mm, need to find you a preacher preaching the Word of God in truth. Romans sixteen seventeen says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them. That word means take aim at. Them which cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. This is not an option. This is not an option. This is a command. The doctrine which we have learned that God said, I've given to you, Paul, and if anybody, you or angel from heaven, anybody comes and preaches any other thing, let them be accursed. Let them, you know... Take aim at them. That's why we call out ministers' names, and people don't like that. Well, I just can't believe they're down there calling names. They're just down there calling names. That's all they do. They think they're the only ones right. Listen, we're not the only ones right, but you need to hear me. We are right. We are right. And the reason people don't call me, they don't come and want to sit down, is because they don't want to be shown they're wrong. Pride will not let you sit down with a minister and, and take a chance on being shown that you are wrong. I'd rather just stay in my flattery, stay in my pride, calling it humility. The Bible says we're to avoid them. That means we don't go to church just because it's been in our, in, in our, our lineage. And from as far back as our, our lineage goes, that's been our church. That is not your church. The church of Jesus Christ is the people of God that are walking forward in the truth. Amen. Amen. Now, most of the church is deceived today because they will sit there and listen how to say, the devil will whip you and make you like it, like a battered wife, been beat for 20 years, still telling people, he loves me, he loves me. He don't love you. If he did, he wouldn't be beating you. That's not his way of showing you he loves you. That's his way of showing you he don't love you. And the church is in the same degree as a battered wife. We just keep getting beat by the devil and pulling our wallets out on Sunday and paying for it again. Just paying to get beat again. Paying for the deceitful bread that's put on the table. Paying somebody to lie to us. Paying somebody to keep me under law where I perish and sin is stirred up and I can never find deliverance. You know what? And I, the devil just keeps lying to me and I just keep paying to keep him lying. Listen, today's the day that we need to rise up and come out from among them and come back to the truth that's found in God's Word. Not to keep gathering. Listen, it's painful. I speak from experience to have to get up and get out and people not understanding what in the world did he leave us for. It's happening all over the world today. You better get up and get out. There's a move of God taking place. His people are getting up and getting out because they are awakening to righteousness. We've slumbered too long. We've been beat up by the devil and he's beat us so bad and made us pay for it along the way like we really enjoyed it. And I praise God that he's waking God's people, that the Lord is waking his people up, showing us we've been taken advantage of by the devil too long. We've called this move of God and uh, this move of the devil and this move of the devil a move of God. It hadn't been a move of God at all, according to the Bible. Hadn't been a move at all of God. 
people shaking and jumping and jerking and rolling all over the floor and barking like dogs and meowing like cats and tearing the chandeliers out of the wall and talking about we had a move of God. No, you had a move of the flesh. You had an emotional move. The Bible says that the Spirit of God is God and that God only works in truth and that God works in order. Amen. Amen. So all, lot, most of what you see that folks are calling God is really just a big bag of flesh. I'm going to tell you what, we can get stirred up, man. Preachers are, 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 are man, very gifted by God, but we can turn that gift into manipulation. And the only way that we're not manipulating people ourselves is if we're pointing them to the cross, faith in the cross, the only place where the one who needs to work can work. Outside of that, I'm the one working in your life in a deceitful, deceptive way, and you don't even know it. I'm controlling you from the pulpit, and you don't know it, and I'm making you pay for it to happen. But if I'm pointing you to the cross, then I'm telling you, I can't help you, but He can. I didn't save you, but He can. I can't deliver you, but He can. Hallelujah. And when you give tithes and offerings, you're really giving it to God so that He can continue to preach the truth, not a denomination. Amen. Amen. Man, that thing jumped from an hour to seven minutes. How'd that happen? It's the magic of Terry Mayfield. <laughs> Thank God for the Mayfields. Watch this. I'm going to read this again. Romans 16, 17. There's a lot of people in the church today. They're hearing the truth. They're tuning in to watch these broadcasts and other ministers preaching the truth. But yet they won't come out of that church because of the flattery in their heart, the pride in their heart. Humility will come up and come out of there. Well, I just can't imagine being severed from my dear old grandmother. Well, you know what? If you're following Jesus, if you're a servant of Christ, you're not going to be a men pleaser. You can't be both. You can't be both. You can't please men and serve Christ. Paul says that here, I believe, in a couple scriptures. We'll cover it here in a couple months. <laughs> Romans six seventeen. Watch this. Now, before we go to Romans six seventeen eighteen, let's read Romans sixteen and seventeen again. Now, I beseech you, brethren, mark them, take aim at, focus on them which cause divisions and offenses, who are they? No, the preachers of the cross are not the one causing the offense, the division. Watch this. Them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. The doctrine which you have learned from Paul the one God gave everything we needed 1,900 years ago and said if anybody comes preaching anything different than that, don't hang out with them, take aim at them, mark them, avoid them. Watch this, Romans 6, 17, 18 tells us what that doctrine is. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Did you see that? The doctrine, the form of doctrine we were, we had delivered to us was some doctrine that made us justified before God, freed us from sin, and just converted us from sinners, from serving sin, to saints, to serving righteousness. It was the message of the cross. It was the, that's the doctrine. That's the gospel. The, the gospel is the good news God offered us through what He did in Christ on the cross. Second Corinthians chapter five verses nineteen through or seventeen through twenty one. Hmm. This also reveals that God had at that time, and I've already said this already at that time, given Paul everything we would need to be saved. Hmm. Live saved, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, church order, and so much more. Those that come and teach any other doctrine than that which the Lord gave to Paul is to be shunned, and we are to point out those who do it. 
We're not being ugly. Listen, if Joe across the street from where you and your family, your children live, is a, is a drug dealer, you're not going to say, kids, go out and play, but just be careful of any strange thing. No, you're going to say, kids, it's okay if you go out and play. Stay in the yard and do not associate with Joe. He's a drug dealer. He is. He will offer you poison. If he approaches you, you come back in the house. Come back in the house! Get back in the house. We t- it's not being ugly. It's not a hateful thing. It's a warning. It's a reach of God. Listen, John the Baptist, Jesus, other men in the Bible called people vipers. Uh, men who were dead, white wall graves on the inside, snakes, uh, all kind of names. Why did Jesus do that? Because He was pointing out to those who would follow Him, these people are wrong. Jesus would even teach, do not pray like those people right there. Do not do what they're doing. They teach you the Word, but they don't do the Word. Same thing today. But when we point out error in false doctrine, people say, well, bless God, who do they think they are? But the devil, he's a pretty smart fella. He's got most, most preachers today now because the devil sees that error is being pointed out and refuted with the truth of God's Word. Now the devil has his ministers stand in the pulpit and begin to warn people because when you're being warned by the man you've been listening to, that automatically makes you think that he cares about you and there is wrong stuff out there. It's just not what we're preaching. So just because somebody's warning doesn't mean a thing. Just because somebody's pointing out other people doesn't mean a thing. If they're pointing out other people, marking them and, and taking aim at them and avoiding them themselves, it better be because they're not preaching the truth of God's Word, this gospel that's written 2,000 years ago by Paul. Somebody needs to hear that. Just because somebody's warning don't mean... And the devil does that, and let me say it again, just to make you think, well, if my preacher's warning me of what's wrong, we're okay here. He's guarding over me. He's my shepherd, under-shepherd. He's watching out over me and feeding you a big bag of lies every week. I don't care if it is God's Word. It can be used to strip your life apart if it's under law. The law kills. The law is condemnation. Hmm. It's a lot of good things, but it'll kill you. The law will kill you. A minute and a half, let me read this. Those that come and teach any other doctrine than that which the Lord gave to Paul is to be shunned, and we are to point out those who do it. I'm going to give you like seven or eight, just going to read them to you, because i got to quit here in about a minute, of let no man. Watch this. First uh, Corinthians 3.18, let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seems to be wise in, the, in this world, let him be a fool that he may be wise. First Corinthians 10.24, let no man seek his own but every man another's wealth. Galatians 6.17, From this time forward, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5.6, Let no man deceive you with vain words. Because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Colossians 2.16, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. Uh, Colossians 2.18, Let no man and beguile you of your reward. Not going to read the whole thing. Second Thessalonians two three. Let no man deceive you. First uh, John three seventeen. Let no man deceive you. And also John will also in another place write. Let no man steal your crown. So there is a reason God has those preaching the truth and warning because you can be deceived. You can have your crown stolen. You can remove yourself from Him that calls you under this grace and the and the deception is that you never know you have. That's why we have the letter to the Galatians. The Holy Spirit gave Paul. Well, I hope God's blessed you today. I know He stirred your heart. I know He's given you some things to think about, and you need to. So I just pray God would find you walking according to the truth. In the name of Jesus, amen. We'll see you right here next week. Praise God.